This week's episode of the XI Network podcast, Toronto FC are back in the MLS Cup final for the third time in four years. We look ahead to the rubber match between TFC and the Seattle Sounders coming up on Sunday, November 10th. All that and more right here on the XI Network podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the XI Network podcast. I'm your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is Peter Robinson. Back from the dead, Peter Robinson. Yes. Welcome back, buddy. Back How was your trip? across the pond. Um, it was amazing, actually. <laughs> um, as you know, I like to take these footy trips every now and again and go watch a, cute, watch a few games over in... Uh, over in England and wherever else I can get the motherland. Yeah, while I'm over there. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Um, I suggest to anybody, if you are a supporter of any team, please go on an away day to uh, to another ground. It's a completely different experience, especially going to the pubs before. Um, case in point, we went to uh, QPR. So. Um, my cousins, they're big Reading FC supporters, um, and obviously they play in the championship, so they were playing against QPR um, at Loftus Road. Um, so we went to the match, and before the match, we got down there a bit early, and we said, you know what, let's go to Nando's. Obviously, you have to go to Nando's, so we did a nice Nando's run, and then um, we were trying to find a pub to go to, um, so we were searching on the Twitter to see where everyone was going and it was this place called Belushi's so we went to Belushi's cool little uh I guess like rock or blues bar um I, I guess you could say it was almost like blues brother inspired I don't know it's pretty cool um yeah, yeah I guess John Belushi makes yeah it. yeah I guess so um yeah it was pretty cool and then uh you know they actually check your tickets before you come in um they ask like you know who are you supporting like are you supporting a Reading or are you supporting QPR and they have to check your tickets because the tickets that we had said visitor. Um, whereas all the other, obviously, the GA tickets would just say, you know, home or whatever they would say. So, yeah, um, yeah it was crazy. You go to this pub and it's all writing supporters all over the place. And it was amazing. Uh, went to the match. They kind of like usher you in through the separate entrance. There's no like there's no gantry way or anything to get to the uh, or no uh, walkway even to get to the other uh the other stands once you're in the the away stand so it was really cool you know the game was amazing running drew 2-2 um yeah i mean i can't can't speak of it enough uh i went to uh the new spurs stadium for a nap that was awesome um you know <laughs> it was an amazing well Chengiz and i were Chengiz and i were laughing about that because i remember watching the game and you know you were sending me your snapchats and stuff and i was very jealous that you were over there watching uh and then i think it was like five minutes in that uh, watford scored yes. and i remember just thinking to myself that right before you left i had said how funny it would be if watford beat spurs at home while you were there watching and i just could not stop laughing at the prospect that it might actually happen uh but uh thankfully they turned it around but yeah Chengiz and i had a good laugh at your expense about that last uh, last pod yeah it was it was a lot of fun though you know it was good to see you know what a billion dollars buys you or what a billion pounds buys you in stadium uh, the stadium was unreal um cool thing was it was cashless so you don't have to worry about people fumbling for change and stuff like that it was just you know tap 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 
um, you know, the lines were going really quickly. Um, there are bars everywhere, like little uh, taps everywhere. So you can get beer basically wherever you wanted it. Um, and uh, yeah, they don't allow alcohol in the stands. So you have to do all your drinking uh, in the actual concourse. The concourse. Yeah. So all it's right. not too bad. It's funny, though. You see, like, you know, they, they announce, like, 15 minutes to game time. And then all of a sudden, all these guys just start chugging their beers. Like, oh, got to finish. You got to finish. <laughs> you got to get up there. So, uh, you know, 15 minutes That's and awesome. then, then 10 minutes and then five minutes to game time. So, you know, the drinking intensifies as the game gets closer. Um, but... Well, yeah, it's it, it looked like a good time. I mean, I was I was super jealous. And uh, while you were away, uh, you missed some uh, some amazing football back at home, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, let's jump right into it, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. Uh, let's look at somehow, some way, from all of the the talk that we have done, from all the negativity, and hey. I'm the first person to throw myself in the fire saying that I was uh, I was skeptical to say the least about, you know, Toronto FC and, and where they were going to be this season. And somehow uh, they are now going to their third MLS Cup final in four years, which is amazing. I can't even put into words what this feels like as a Toronto FC fan. I think it was like a month and a half ago we we were asking, you know, do you think they make the playoffs and how far do you think they go? And I think you said conference finals. I think I said conference yeah, finals. And yeah. I said they're not even going to make the playoffs. So I fully own up to yeah. the fact that um, they have bested me in this scenario. Um, I will take I that. Just, I can't believe it. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a situation right now where it's, it's still hard to believe. I think in 2017... It was expected, and we were kind of, you know, revving for it, especially after the 2016, you know, um, you know, the disappointment of the 2016 MLS Cup final. It kind of felt like we were going for our redemption. Whereas this year, it still kind of feels like a dream, and uh, it's still hard for me to believe that this upcoming Sunday we're going to be watching MLS Cup final with Toronto FC versus Seattle Sounders again, but this time in Seattle. Um, so let's kind of talk about quickly how this happened. Um, so uh, really quickly, Toronto FC beats New York City 2-1. Uh, in New York, uh, off a 90th minute, Pasuelo Panenka. Uh, the balls on that guy. Let me just say, um, to quote him, we have a fucking good team. Um, Man, that's but a, then uh, that needs look, to be a T-shirt. <laughs> they need to make that a T-shirt and sell that in the stands. People will buy they that do. T-shirt. They, um, the Kings in the North. The Kings in the North. Uh, one of the supporter groups have actually made it. Um, they have black for supporter group members, and then red for um, just general members who want to buy our general people. Can, is there um, any way we and it's can got uh, Pontuelo on it and a star, and it says we we uh, we've got a fucking good team. So that's that's pretty. Is awesome. there any way we can link to that in the show notes or in the uh, show description? Yeah, we can do that, right? Absolutely. I'll find I'll find the link and I'll make sure I put it in the show notes below. So make sure you guys check that out. Yeah. Um. But let's let's talk about Atlanta because that was a game that had everything. And it just, it was a weird game. And I want to kind of just break it down quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I want us to jump into a preview for the MLS Cup final. But um, the first 10 minutes of that game, it felt like Toronto FC were going to have a monumental collapse. Uh, I mean, that first goal was just a massive defensive error from the back line. They were way too high trying to press for the uh, the offside. You know, just they played it 
very badly um and next thing you know it's just you know a, a two on nothing and uh you know that ball was slotted home no problem uh, and then you know only a few minutes later i think it was like six minutes later michael bradley you know once again caught uh well simon got caught first then bradley tries to recover uh and in doing so you know he ends up um dragging the player down in the box uh but gets a penalty. i, it wasn't I don't a think there was enough this is where it gets into a bit of a tricky situation because I thought the same thing after watching the replay. I don't think there was enough in it to give a penalty. However, I don't think there was not enough in it for the VAR to overturn the original decision on the field. I think if the referee were to not have called a penalty, I believe that it would not have been overturned. But I also believe that because the penalty was given, there wasn't enough there to not overturn it, if that makes sense, to overturn the call. And so I feel like we were stuck with a situation where it was an unjust penalty, especially in the given the circumstances, because Toronto FC goes down 2-0. I think it's lights out, game over, and Atlanta's probably going to go put two or three more in the back of the net. Um, but somehow, I mean, you've been saying it all year that Quentin Westberg is an amazing keeper and you know who stands on his head when he needs to. And he, you know, it wasn't a great penalty from Joseph Martinez, but uh, Q comes up with the big save, the big strong right hand, uh, diving the right way, you know, Go gets big and 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 stops the shot and um you know he saves Toronto FC's neck. Three minutes later, Nicholas Benazay down the other side, you know, with a beautiful shot that just slides right past uh, Brad Guzan. And next thing you know, within the span of 13 minutes, this game just went from being almost lights out to tie game, anybody's match. Um, so what did you feel like that first 13 minutes just felt so all over the place? Like what what were you what was going through your mind when you were watching that? Well, I mean. Obviously, the first goal, um, you know, Bradley kept them on side a little bit, um, playing, trying to dip a little bit too deeply into the center backs to provide that little bit of support. So uh, doing that against a team like Atlanta is so hard to do, especially when you have such a high line. Um, you know, you can't, we said it before, you can't rely on the athleticism of Chris Mavinga to bail you out every single time because you have faster strikers. Joseph Martinez is one of the quickest players in the entire league. Um, and then you add Pitti Martinez, obviously. And it's just, it. they had way too many attacking talents to play that high. And I understand, you know, you want to press the ball a little bit, but you also have to be very cognizant of what's happening um, in, your, in your center backs. And they weren't. Um, and that's what led to the first goal. Second goal, I mean, the the penalty, obviously, um, seeing it right away, I was like, oh, no, Bradley's going to get sent off. Oh, no, this is like we're done. This is this is horrible. Um, and then obviously he didn't get sent off. Uh, there was still a penalty. And then Q just with a huge save, you know, Westberg is Bestberg. So, I mean, I think that's <laughs> another T-shirt. We should reach out to uh, Kings of the North um, and get them to – produce that one too westberg is bestberg i would definitely buy one of those um i'm not going to take uh credit for that though i think that was john jocks i will take uh i will give that to john jocks as as credit for that one so shout out northern tribune for that one um but uh yeah i gotta say the the penalty save was huge and i love how pumped he gets after every single save after anything he does and they usually end up being, you know, game def uh, game defining saves and you know um, turning points 
in the match. If you've noticed in the playoffs, anytime Bestberg has come up and made a huge save, it's been a turning point. You know, he, mm-hmm. he saved a couple against New York City where he was one-on-one with the player or going uh, laterally and makes a huge save. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to go back and, uh, you know, we're going to have a decent attack or um, we're going to put a lot of pressure on and give Westberg a little bit of uh, respite for, for a little bit of time. But, yeah, honestly. It, yeah, and you, and you can see the emotion. He, he When he makes those big saves, like, it, he feels it, right? And, um yeah, I mean, I feel like Westberg is Bestberg is the best way to kind of put it. Just, you know, he comes up huge in big moments, and um, that's what you need. I feel like, you know, for Toronto FC, their their cup runs in the, the past, uh, you know, four years have come from, you know, big on the, the backs of, you know, big goalkeeping performances. I mean, you had, you know, Clint Irwin standing on his head in 2016. Uh, you had Alex Bono making that massive save against Bradley Wright Phillips in 2017. Uh, and now, you know, this this Q save against Joseph Martinez in 20, uh, 2019. It just, it, it seems like our our success seems to stem from our, our goalkeeping. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a huge shout out to all three of those keepers because, you know, they're the reasons that we made MLS Cup all three years now. Um, so really quickly, let's jump to it. So 78th minute, uh, Nick DeLeon, uh, receives the ball from Pasuelo. Uh, he's on top of the box, can't find a way through, gets turned around, uh, turns around and just has a go and how he found that top right corner. I just don't understand, but, uh, he did it against DC. Uh, he did it against Atlanta. It's no fluke. It is just Nick DeLeon doing what he does. And, um, I mean, just what a feeling that must have been uh you could see it from his uh you could you could see it in his in his face you could see it from his his reaction you know his celebration he was just 1000% into it he was sold uh and i mean that was just for 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 Toronto to beat Atlanta in Atlanta uh for the Eastern Conference there's not a nicer goal that could have been scored to do it and i i think that that was just uh, unreal and I remember just I remember just screaming when I saw that just feeling like elated uh, and I, and I it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy you know for a guy who had what happened to him at in the off season with DC you know not optioning his contract and you know possibly looking on the outside look from the outside looking into the league Toronto FC picks him up and I mean what a uh, workhorse he has been yeah I mean you, you can't really fault the guy I mean he's had to realistically fight for his minutes um you know you they brought in Benize on on tam money or on a loan i should say and um he, he's kind of been fighting daily on for those minutes but honestly i think i think it was chengues who said maybe on the last podcast or said it in in uh said it to you and i that nick de leon is almost like toronto fc's james milner where yeah. he kind of doesn't matter where you play him, you're going to get consistency and you're going to get realistically solid play out of him. And that's exactly what we mm-hmm. needed, right? Um, and then to come up with he's, a goal like a that against uh, uh, against Atlanta and then the goal that he scored against DC as well, just to show that he has that in his bag. So at any point, like teams have to start to smarten up when it comes to giving daily on space because this guy you know he's got a worldie in him he's got a galazzo on his foot just waiting to happen so you know you have to you have to close this guy down pretty quickly does it warrant a starting spot probably not he's been 
it's been proven that I mean he he's been great off the bench. So I mean I, I believe he will come off the bench again in MLS Cup. I mean, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now, it is definitely not broke. And I mean, the great thing about, and I, I'm going to close out this uh, this segment here, was just saying the great thing uh, about this Toronto FC team is that, look, they're missing Omar Gonzalez. They were missing Josie Altador, two players who everybody wrote them off. I mean, even with them in the team, they still were kind of written off from having any chance. But basically, all of the pundits were saying that without Josie Altador, without Omar Gonzalez, they don't have, you know, they don't have a, a, a hope in hell to, to, to get this through. And somehow, without those two players, we are now in MLS Cup Final. And, and it's just, it's it's surreal. And I, I feel like the, the great thing about this team is, like I said, they had a, a terrible 10-minute start against Atlanta. It looked like it could be lights out. And they turned it around. And they showed that this was a team with determination, with perseverance, uh, and a team that, you know, believes in itself. And I feel like that's what it takes to be a champion. Uh, and I feel like this rubber match against Seattle is going going to be really interesting. Um, and uh, I, I like Toronto's chances, and we're going to talk about that right now. Uh, so, like I was saying, Peter, three times, four years, Toronto FC, Seattle Sounders, MLS Cup. It's becoming almost like a routine. Um, but it's just absolutely um, unreal to think about right now. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's kind of look at the preview right now, uh, with the starting lineups that we have, um, that we've been running with, you know, that was the first time since 2017 that Greg Vanny has run with the same lineup, three games in a row, New York city, Atlanta, um, and DC. So now the question is, um, do you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Do we run that same lineup for Seattle MLS cup, or do you change it up a little bit? What do you do? Uh, I honestly think you have to run the same lineup. Uh, but you also have to not be afraid that if it's not working at halftime to make changes. Uh, it's, they came out a bit slow, obviously, to start against Atlanta. But parts of it are working. And parts of it are effective. Endo's really good at the press, which um, I think we really needed. Um, Benazé, obviously, he showed his class. He showed his his first touch and his ability to finish which we hadn't really seen all season um and he did it in a big game so i mean if he's going to be a big game player that's when we need him this is the biggest game of the season um and if he's going to be going back uh you know to france after this um when his loan spell's done like why can't he leave a champion so you know if i'm if i'm greg i'm basically talking to all these guys and saying this is your chance to basically be a dynasty. This is this mm-hmm. is three finals in four years. This could be two titles in three yeah. years. Um, and realistically, what should have been three titles in in four years, um, if it wasn't for uh, some some uh, bad penalty taking, um, and Stefan Fry, Stephen Fry being an right amazing hand. goalkeeper. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, if you're Greg, like. You have to give uh, a pretty, uh, pretty encouraging, rousing speech before this match to get everybody into this game. I mean, obviously they're professional athletes; everyone wants to win. But just through sheer emotion, I feel like TFC has an upper hand right now. Um, oh, absolutely, and I feel like um, 
on top of that, I feel like uh, you have to look at the fact that Toronto FC um, and Seattle uh, going head-to-head, uh, TFC seems to have the upper hand against them. We outplayed them in 2016. 2017, we really outplayed them. I mean, that game was not even a question from minute one yeah, to minute 90. Yeah, we bulldozed them. Um, now, mind you, Seattle this year does look very good. Um, I mean, the way they played against LAFC, they, they look like a team to be feared. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's it's going to be a, a great game. I think it's going to. I think that MLS couldn't have asked for a better final. I mean, if you're gonna get a final out of the teams that were left, why not get the rubber match? I mean, you know and I mean? you're getting it at um, a now, stadium that holds seventy two thousand people. So, oh yeah. and I think they said they sold out the entire stadium. So it's going to be an absolute party for all those going down. Yeah, actually, my brother and his wife are going. Uh, they live in Vancouver, so. Um, they took advantage of the season ticket holder presale for tickets and uh, picked two up, and they're going to be going um, and sitting in the away section. Amazing. So I told them, like, you better be calling me and text me photos and basically being like Pictures, live the videos, whole time. Please, yeah, we'll post. Them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I just want to I want to read the, read this one tweet. I know we shared it um, a few times, but it was from John Arnold. Um, and he goes, MLS is a simple league. 24 teams chase a title for 34 matches. And at the end of, at the end, Seattle Sounders always play Toronto C. <laughs> I was actually just about to bring That's that up. So you, funny. Um, it's so funny. Yeah. I literally was about to bring those up. Oh, uh, that, that tweet made me laugh out loud. Um, but really quickly, I just go back to the lineup because this is where I'm having a hard time with myself is I really thought it was an interesting choice for him to play Simon ahead of, um, Omar Gonzalez when he was healthy. I understand wanting to give Gonzalez a little bit more time to maybe heal. He also didn't want to, you know, change up the the dynamics because the team had been gelling against DC and against New York. Um, but now we're looking at, uh, a situation where, I mean, let's be honest, Simon still hasn't sold me yet. Don't get me wrong. He's played his best football over these last three matches. Um, from the season hands down the the best football we've seen from Laurent Simon has happened over these last three games that being said though he still hasn't 100% sold me and so the question is do you pluck him out and throw Gonzalez in there and you know put in a tried and true defender or because of the run that we've been on do you reward him for the play for the wins for making the MLS Cup and start the same 11 that you started against for the last three matches that got you here I honestly think you have to start Simon Something is working between him and Mavinga. Um, and I think if you bring in Gonzalez, who is coming back from uh, an injury, you have this sort of issue where you might upset the balance and upset the the mm-hmm. groove that the team has right now. Um, Simon, yeah. I believe, is working really well with Westberg and with Mavinga. Um, so, I mean you know what? Let it fly. At least you know you have Gonzalez there if you need to make a change, if you need to bring in an extra center back, anything like that. Um, I feel like, you know, Simon won MLS Best Defender for a reason. You know, he was on the Belgian national team for a reason. Um, and I think he he's starting to show that a little bit more. I know he's getting up there in age, but at, at times you can see glimpses of you know what made him such a great defender what made him such a great player um so i think you have to run with it i think you have to run with that team unless 
unless the worst case scenario, you know, you have an injury in training or um, anything like that pops up. Or like I said, if it's 80th minute and you're up, you know, you're up 2-1 or one nothing, and you need to lock it down, then you bring in Gonzalez. Um, but at that point, you're still going to have someone on the field. Um, I, I think you have yeah. to reward him. No, I, I agree with you, and I don't just dis- I don't disagree with that that take whatsoever. I mean, like I said, still not you know hasn't sold me a hundred percent, but I feel like if and I've said this before today already, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and with the way that the team has been gelling, you know, I feel like you have to run on that energy, run on that uh, momentum. Uh, and I th- I would be very surprised to see any changes to that starting eleven. Um, I mean, it's uh, Josie Altador just said this week in the news that uh, in order for him to play, it's going to take a miracle. Um, yeah, I don't think we're gonna have him. I I feel like, I feel like even if he is healthy, um, you don't play no. him. Um, I feel like right now the way the team is gelling up top, uh, offensively, um, you know, with Potswello playing that number nine role, kind of that false nine with with Benize up there with him, uh, it just seems to be working. Uh, and I feel like you know with him coming off an injury, you know he's he's not gonna just come out hot. I think that if he's healthy enough to play, you keep him on the bench as an option for possible penalty kicks. Um, but I think that would be literally it. You know, you bring him on in the 118th minute or 115th minute to to maybe try to get you a goal in the last five, not to take the penalties. But I feel like other than that, you run with what you have up top. Uh, so I feel like he's not even a, a question in that sense. Um, and yeah, the, the, the midfield has looked great. I mean, Marky Delgado has also played some of his best football, uh, that we've seen, I think s- since 2017, uh, when the team was sort of, you know, all a bunch of superstars. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really happy with what, what we've seen from him. Um, you know, he's just been getting into the right spots. His, his control on the ball has been so much better. His distribution has been great. Uh, he's really kind of helped to solidify that midfield. Uh, and I, I've just been really happy with, uh, with his play, uh, and another player as well, uh, Subasa Endo. I mean, what a story for him. I mean, if, if knock on wood, if Toronto FC goes on to win MLS Cup on Sunday, uh, what a story for Subasa Endo. I mean, to go literally from zero to hero, uh, all the way to MLS Cup final. I mean, what a what a what a season it's been for that for that player. Yeah, I mean, you got to hats off to Subasa. He he sort of um, brushed off. I guess the things that were happening earlier in the season and obviously being sent down to TFC two and kind of not having a spot on the, the uh, first team to uh, being a big part of that, that run to get TFC into the playoffs and then as well into the playoffs. Um, I also think we have to uh, really take our hats off to Richie Larea, um, who's been, Oh yeah. He's got a big pay raise coming up. Honestly, Richie, if you don't have an agent, hit me up bro hit me up i will go <laughs> balls to the wall to find you the agent who's going to get you paid because you oh is that is xi network going to spread out now to uh representing players that's why we did the name change yeah sorry did the name change i like it because if we were just uh the starting us. 11 podcast of agents it wouldn't really make sense so <laughs> now we're the no, xi no, no, network, the of, network agents. of agents <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. Richie, hit yeah. us up, bro. Come on the pod, and uh, we'll, we'll talk, have a couple beers, and uh, we'll, we'll represent Honestly, you. Honestly, he's, he's uh, like we said before, he's a good Canadian kid, and, you know, he deserves this. He deserves more than really anybody. He got called up to the national team this year. He's really showing that um, if you have the right scouting department, there is depth available. I mean, coming from Orlando City, 
Um, obviously, he was a bit more of a midfielder, um, drafted as a, a central attacking midfielder. Um, to be using him on as a wing back is just amazing, and it goes to show his versatility as well, um, and his ability to take fouls, and uh, you know be dangerous in the opponent's penalty box for penalties and even just for getting on the end of the balls and stuff like that it's almost invaluable to the team especially when you're trying to kill those last few minutes of a match and he's able to uh, take those fouls and uh, slow everything down it's just he's been amazing Subas has been amazing you know uh, Mavinga healthy Mavinga has been great Westbrook's been a huge find for this squad um you know, like you said, Delgado's finally coming out of some sort of shell that was he was in, and he seems to be a little bit more mobile. I think I don't really know how to describe it. I still don't know how to describe how he plays, but somehow he's he's effective and he's getting on the team sheet. Um, I'm really disappointed that Eric Zavaleta isn't playing because he won't be able to celebrate the <laughs> championship with his uncle. Um, so <laughs> sorry, Zavs. He's, Zavaletta's down too, uh, cup, too often. Um, yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, you really got to take it off to, to TFC management. Um, as much as we criticized Ali Curtis earlier in the season um, for things like the Pizzuolo contract and, you know, bringing in, uh, bringing in Gonzalez was kind of a no-brainer since he was available and we had the money available. Um, but, you know giving Larea a contract, uh, sort of um, promoting Subasa, and sort of Greg Vanny knowing that, you know, Subasa just needs a little bit of time to marinate in TFC2, and then he'll be ready for the big time. Uh, it's, it's worked. So, you know what, um, as much as I've been negative for a lot of the season, I'm going to uh, turncoat a little bit and say that this season has been quite a success. I mean, how can it not be? It's been a huge success. It's just been, it's it's unreal to think of when we started this pod, um, you know, back in January, looking ahead to this season. Uh, and, you know, we were we were optimistic. We were. Uh, but we also were optimistic with, a, you know, with caution. Um, and then as the season started, we kind of said, all right, you know, we're looking at a mid-table team. You know, if we make the playoffs, you know, that's a success right there. And if, you know, if we can get through the first round, even better. But we, we weren't expecting much. Um, and so this has just been a treat. Uh, and I, I just can't tell you, you know, how elated we are to, to be experiencing this again. Um, you know, to, to, it, it feels nice to be a Toronto sports fan. I mean, there's a chance now that in the year 2019, Toronto could have three professional championships. Uh, within the span of one year, you got the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Wolfpack, uh, and now very, there's a very good chance they could have the Toronto, Toronto FC again. So I mean, leave, step it up. Um, yeah, start winning games. But now the 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 last thing I want to talk yes. to you about, and this is a this is a okay. bit of a tough one. Greg yes, Vanny, how much of this success do we pin on Vanny? Do we, you know? do we need to renege some of the criticism that we have thrown towards him or do you stand by, and I, the reason I'm aiming this at you is because you, you know, you've been a vocal critic of Vanny and, and for good reason, you've, you've made great points, but um, do you, um, do you feel you need to 
you know, renege some of that criticism or do you stand by what you said and do you still stand by your, your thoughts and feelings and, and are you still on that, that train of, you know, Vanny still needs to go? Um, I'm still going to be on the Vanny should probably uh, go elsewhere. And I don't mean elsewhere as in somewhere else in the MLS. I mean, if he wins this championship, he can start fielding offers from other leagues around the world um, based on silverware alone. Um, that's kind of the way that you have to look at it. I'm not saying that he's a great manager. I'm not saying that he's uh, this amazing tactician or anything like that. But, um, you know, based on winning, possibly winning two MLS championships, taking a, t- a team that was kind of lost then to three MLS championships in four years, um, you know, you do have to take your hat off to the guy a little bit. You know, he, he has done something, obviously, with the squad. But um, again, I think it's a case of the team getting hot at the right time. They got hot at the end of the season as opposed to, you know, some teams like LAFC who were super hot at the start of the season. Um, so I think I'm going to say that Greg has done an adequate job this season. Um, I think he's gotten a lot of good play at good times from his good players. I don't think this team is anywhere close to the team in 2017. Um, The team in 2017 was just miles above pretty much any team we've ever seen in the MLS. Um, So I feel like you could have put, you know, anyone at the helm of that team. You could have put Aaron Vinter at the helm of that team. You could have put Terry Dunfield at the helm of that team and, and they still would have won. Um, so I don't really give him credit for that one. But honestly, if he, if they do pull it out on Sunday, uh, I will give him a little bit of credit for this for this championship. But I also think, as I said, I think that that opens the door for him to go take another job somewhere else in another country, maybe a different league. Um, which you know what, if it, if the opportunity comes up, I'll. Uh, you know, I'll take my hat off to him and say, you know, thanks, Greg, for, you know, how many years he's been here? Five years, four years of uh, championship football, realistically. Yeah. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. I mean, since he's coming to the team, he has, you know, outperformed every other manager in Toronto. In Toronto I mean, that wasn't history. hard to do, though. Um <laughs> you're right. I mean, Toronto has not had a, you know, they've. Minus the last five years or four years, I mean, they've not been uh, they've been a hot bag of garbage. Yeah, speaking of um, which, actually, but that being said, Preki is an assistant coach on Seattle. So how bad would it be if Preki, you know, wins a championship and TFC doesn't? Yeah, no, we we can't no. have that, and I feel like Sunday is going to be, you know, the the official rubber match. You know, it's it's one cup to Seattle, one cup to TFC, and and this is sort of the bragging rights and winner takes all. So it's going to be a great match. Where are you watching it on Sunday, buddy? Oh, uh, I have an awkward situation. So the match itself is at three. Um, I am working at four o'clock, which means that. So what you're telling me is that you are sick. Uh, on Sunday. And you're going to start coughing uh-huh, now. Yes. <laughs> I am so <laughs> sick. Um, no, I'll watch the first half. Uh, and then I'll be somewhat late to work. Um, and then I'll be there for the second half. So if anyone is in the area of Winston Churchill in the 401, uh, show up to Moxie's because it's going to be uh, 
Free shots. Free shots right. if we win. Free if you're shots. wearing a TFC jersey, you drink for free. And have you mentioned the XI Network podcast? You drink for free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Free nachos. I don't know. Yeah. Free nachos. That works. You just have to show that you subscribe <laughs> um, to our newsletter. We still have a newsletter, right? Casey, exactly. we still have a newsletter, right? I think... <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> I think Casey's nodding her head right now. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to be down at the official Toronto FC watch party at Real Sports uh, down by the uh, Scotiabank Arena. So that's going to be uh, one hell of a time going down nice and early with my brother to make sure we get a good spot. Is that outside or inside? Uh, yeah, just going... I believe it's okay. inside. Um, but, I mean, I was hoping they were going to do it in Liberty Village again. I just feel like that is sort of the Toronto FC... Um, you know, world. But uh, that being said, I also understand, you know, why uh, why they're choosing to do it indoors. It's it's cold. It started to snow today. So, you know, the weather's not great here in Canada. MLS um, Cup was outdoors. But... <laughs> the type of fans oh, that are coming to this don't care about how cold it is. <laughs> I don't personally care how cold it is, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot of people up in uh, – up and about, uh, up in arms about the fact that it wasn't being held at BMO Field. Um, and so, um, you know, and one of the reasons that Eric Giacometti, who uh, works behind the scenes for TFC, he said that the weather was one of the biggest reasons uh, and cost. Uh, and so I, I feel like Liberty Village, Brazenhead would be the place to do it. Um, but uh, from what I heard, it's going to be real sports. So my brother and I are still up in the air. I'm thinking real sports, but we may change our mind and go to Brazenhead. But uh, if you guys are there, you know, Send us a DM on uh, on Instagram, and we'll we'll try to meet up. You know, let us know what you think of the pod. Um, and yeah, Sunday, three p.m. Make sure you guys tune in wherever you are. If you're going down to the game, be safe. Cheer on the boys in red, nice and loud. Uh, and let's bring home another MLS Cup to Toronto. Let's do it. We need one. We can rub we it in Seattle's stupid face. Oh, those uh, stupid, stupid green jerseys, rave green stupid jerseys. Seattle. And- purple whatever they are it's so stupid drew carey is stupid <laughs> let, let us know how you really feel peter <laughs> well buddy i can't wait to talk to you next week about uh what the outcome is fingers crossed that it's a positive one but i mean i mean i feel like we both can agree that you know win or lose on sunday this season has been a huge success for toronto fc and uh we can go to sleep you know happy regardless of the the regardless of the results so that's a great feeling inside as well as i feel like we've already you know exceeded expectations and as much as i want the win uh, i know that i can sleep easy you know regardless so i can't i need a win <laughs> i can't lose to seattle again god I gotta... well especially if they if they don't get any if they don't get a single shot on target again and we lose i mean that's i don't think we'll have to worry bit. about that I feel like this team is uh, raring and ready to go. This was somewhere that they completely didn't expect to be in June. Um, So to be in the MLS Cup final and sort of have that opportunity to say, like, yeah, we did it. We did that. Like, nobody expected us to do that. They expected L.A. They expected uh, New York and D.C. and L.A. Galaxy. Yeah. and even Seattle, uh, you know, they can say that we were realistically the underdog for this year. I wonder yep. if they'll make a movie about it. The underdog story, Toronto FC 2019. Hey, Netflix special right next to the top. Yeah, the one, one right? where. Or is that the Amazon? That's Amazon. Yeah, right? the one where Amazon. Tottenham doesn't make the Champions <laughs> League because they finished in 14th this season. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah it's looking that way but i mean united are better <laughs> so i i can't really talk but that's gonna do it for us here on the xi network podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh if you guys have a chance please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast media leave us a comment or a like uh let us know what you guys think of the pod make sure you guys subscribe follow us on all of the social media pages because we're there instagram twitter facebook at xi network ca um and yeah i mean if you guys have a chance make sure you guys watch the game this sunday it's going to be a phenomenal finish to the season uh and on behalf of myself justin borrow this has been peter robinson congratulations to forge fc on being the inaugural canadian premier league champions after downing cavalry fc 2-0 um it was not the most amazing final i've ever seen in my entire life considering the uh the weather in calgary at the time the pitch was quite frozen um but you know it was great to see the microwave dish lifted above uh you know kyle becker's head and chris nanko's head it was amazing so um no i'm just kidding it's it's the uh what was it the canadian shield is that what they're calling it the Canadian Premier League, whatever shield. it was. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the ugliest trophies in sports. In my I opinion. didn't look but, too bad. I mean, Once hey, they raised it, it didn't look too bad. It didn't look like a you know <laughs> a, a employee of the month placard at all. So you know it was it was fine. Fair enough, but it's it's still no uh, Bundesliga DFG trophy because that thing. No, is but what did amazing. look cool were the end of season trophies. So like the uh, Golden Boot. Um, the U21 player of the year Um, those trophies were super super cool if you have a chance to look those up um, we liked and retweeted a whole bunch of those on our Twitter Uh, so go ahead and have a look at those have a look and we will talk to you guys next week thank you so much for listening